0: Cast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day, uh, guys. Welcome everybody. Join us here this evening for PFF Night. As always, John Costco joins us for this. Guys, if you gotten, gotten, haven't gotten to the post game show, uh, go ahead check out. Uh, you know it, it, the post game shows, guys. Look, I, they're fun to do because it's just quick and reaction. Um, and look, I, I can't lie; I'm getting a little jealous. They're fun to do after these wins. We've gotten to do three now after ten weeks. Um, but you guys are always great. You know th- that seems to be one show that you guys love, absolutely love, and you like to tune in right away. But please go ahead if you haven't check on that. I check out that one. Uh, we did another solid job breaking down everything, and it was good because a, a complete team effort. And you know, like I said last night, everybody put on a uniform and suited up for this team yesterday. Felt like they probably walked away the game with some sort of contribution, and that's how we're going to get to it tonight when we get to these grades. Um, I, I guess what you know, I, I'll always keep the theme going offensively because right now this is where this team is trending through. Um John, uh young guys on offense, we know about the youth at the skilled players. Uh Baker Mayfield uh just in terms of what it means in PFF for the grade he put up yesterday for a rookie to do this and now he's done it a couple of times and this is after a couple of rough stretches. He came back yesterday and I mean this offense just hummed around number 6.
1: Yeah, and I think you know, obviously, in 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 the grades, it was the best game he's had this year. Um, you know, he had it was an eighty-five point six overall. Is um, and you know, it's it's something that I mean, not just the grades, just the way it looked. Like even last week, it just looked a lot better, even though it didn't grade out very well. Is is at a fifty-three point five, and the reason why is because he he missed on a couple of throws. And so when you when you just simply miss on on the opportunities that you have, you throw obviously a bad interception at the end of the game. That's going to skew your, ga- your, gra- your game grade uh, quite heavily. But, it, it, it you know, you kind of saw what was the potential of being there. And then it obviously came into, you know, all came together in this game yesterday. Um, his, you know, what he's able to do, if he, if he, you know, he was decisive to the football, he was obviously accurate with the football when he had, you know, 13 straight completions, um, you know, and finished a day for seven, 17 for 20. If you you can have your quarterback to play like that, you are going to give your chance your team a chance to win every single week. Um, and you're as long as you're you're protecting the football, and making good decisions, all that it's just it's phenomenal. That's exactly what you drafted him to be, um, and it could be even more because he, you know, he he still he missed on on one go ball to to Landry by maybe like six inches to the to his outside on a. Uh, it was, I think, it was second drive of the third quarter. Which, if if he would have hit that, that would have been a touchdown. That would have been like an 80-yard touchdown pass. Um, but he just barely missed on it. So, like, it, it's it's as good as it was yesterday. It could have been even been better. And that's what you would essentially wanted to see from him is that you want. There's obviously that rough patch, and there's always going to be a rough patch with rookies. And this way they bounce back from them. And um, he's he's done that obviously extremely well. And can, especially considering. the the, you know, having a coaching change. I don't, you know, I can't think of any, any uh, rookie has had, that has had their, you know, rookie first overall quarterback that heads their coach fired. I think Jeff Fisher was fired in the middle of the season. I'm not positive on that, but like then it was, it had a, you know, still multiple games to play throughout the year and been able to like bounce back from that and play well. I mean, it's just, it's phenomenal what he was able to do. Um, and then obviously the, I mean, the Falcons don't defense isn't great by any means, but just, like, there's, there's so many situational things that happened that was just, like, on another level where why he was just so good. You know, there's – early in the season, you know, he's looking for – constantly looking for the big play. This game, he was – he found his checkdowns. He's found his options to, to get it to quickly, got rid of the ball quickly. I think it was at 2.15 seconds time to throw, which is phenomenal. I mean, just getting rid of the ball, you can't really stop that. Um, and obviously, you see that with the the pressure dropbacks, it just doesn't happen very often. So um, everything was just put together in that game. Uh, Baker leading the show, and obviously he resulted in a win. Well,
0: and I think that one of the most impressive things with Baker Mayfield is is who he's doing it with. Um, you know, and and finding a way to get everybody involved. Orson Charles gets a look. Uh, you know, Antonio Callaway with a couple of receptions. You know, you get only, I think it was only one to David Njoku. You get Jarvis Landry, a couple of balls. Big one. I mean, it, that's one we even got into. Uh, the throw to Rashard Higgins for the touchdown. I mean, rolling to his right, basically dropped a dime. The ball probably driveled anywhere between 41 and 44 yards. Just tr- crazy and tremendous play. And uh, that all that he's been through, you know, here, look, I'm not starting. I'm not starting. Oh, Thursday night football. Oh, this sucks. I wish I was playing. Oh, wait, now I'm in. And then, you know, you ride a little bit of a high. Then you hit some lows. Offensive coordinator's gone. Head coach is gone. Wait a minute. this I mean, we were joking, but we thought his name was Todd. Is this guy's name Freddie Todd? All right, wait a minute. He's calling the plays now. You know, put up a lot of points against Kansas City. Freddie Kitchens goes in this week to into each positional group meeting and says, guys, do me a favor. Get me five plays that you guys all really like. And each unit, and, and you make these guys involved, and you make these guys comfortable. And it shows when you're going out there. And look, there's still some pieces that are needed. Um, but And here's a prime example. Now, two weeks in a row, you found a way, Bashard Paraman, who to a lot of people, I mean, almost is to the point where he's a punchline. A guy like Bashard Paraman was one of the highest-graded players on offense yesterday, John.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, what it Baker was able to do with his entire supporting cast was, was great. You know, he had nine different receivers that he targeted. Every single one of them caught the balls that they were targeted with, except for Landry, where he, he was, you know, missed on three of those. So, um, just, I mean, just phenomenal, this spreading it around, obviously with Perriman, that's, there's a reason why he was drafted in the first round. Um, I, you know, I don't know if people remember this, but he ran a four two six at his pro day. Like the dude has,
0: and he's a speed. monster. He's got yeah. legit size.
1: Yeah, he's a big-bodied receiver with speed. So, if you know, obviously he didn't pan out in Baltimore. And a lot of times, when, uh, you know, I've, I've looked at this when he, he came out and missed all of his rookie season. Usually when, when receivers, first-round uh, receivers miss their entire rookie season, they, like, never bounce back from that. Kevin White's
0: one it, of those guys. He was very, very similar.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just it just doesn't happen with the team because they they fall out of favor. They just not, never seem to be able to get it going. Um, Pearman has the talent, so if they can tap into it, like what they did yesterday, um, you know, picking their spots, you know, on how they get them ball, and then the spreading it around. It's just, I mean, it it worked, and it's just what he's able. To, I mean, these guys are not like you're not going to say that Pearman's the number one. You're not. Jarvis is not a number one. He's a, he's a number two, you know that that needs a guy that can stretch top off the field like like a Perriman. You need Callaway's obviously not a number one. Like none of these guys are there yet. So he's working with a you know twos, twos and, and
0: threes fours. and fours, <laughs> and
1: he's 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 able to make it work because he that's just what good quarterbacks do. I mean, look at what Tom Brady did for a number of years when he didn't have superstar talent wide receivers or or even Rob Gronkowski. Um, you know, just you can make it work with whoever you have out there, as long as they're, you know, at least at least at a, at a reasonable quality. But he can make Baker was able to make all these guys look good yesterday, especially the offensive line, because he was getting rid of the ball quickly, seeing the field correctly, uh, reading the defenses, and was decisive with the throws. And so, yeah, I mean, the supporting cast stepped up all their games, but it's because Baker made them look good.
0: And that's, But this is where I'm going to go back with Freddie Kitchens. It's finding where these guys feel comfortable. And, okay, and Baker, look, I mean, you're going to eventually need, you know, one more, just a dude. But if you can find a whole bunch of guys that, if they can run the route correctly, create some separation and be open, and they're reliable enough to catch it, Baker's going to find them. And that's where you get to see this stuff. I mean, I always go back to Fells in Oakland. Yeah, because, you know, everybody figured Baker's first touchdown pass was going to be, you know, 47, 48 yards to Fells. So it's just, you know, Baker, he's not, look, he ain't going to hold nothing against you. Get open. You've got a shot to make a play. And that's what you see from, you know, a paramed and some of these other guys. Guys, we're, uh, this is the Lockdown Brown PFF edition. Uh, John Costco here from Pro Football Focus. If you guys aren't following John, it's at John Costco Number three, make sure you go ahead and follow. John puts a lot of work into this. I enjoy doing these shows with him weekly. Uh, we have a lot of fun. Uh, we always get about a five-minute afterwards, guys. We have a little more fun then, but we're never going to air that part. Um, <laughs> Locked on NFL, Matt Williamson does a fantastic job over there. Monday shows, you get to hear guys like myself. I actually was able to join Matt this week for the Monday show. This is what happened to your team. Starts to get better and wins games. You, you know, you, you get a little bit more spotlight. Uh, you get Sage Rosenfelds. You get Mike Runner from PFF. You get Mike Sando from ESPN. Friday on we uh, on Fridays, Matt gives you the entire NFL slate. Gives you his Pickham show. Uh, does a fantastic job. Locked on NFL podcast with Matt Williamson. Now, as we're going to move on further here, I just want to hit on one more thing offensively. And look, we're going to have to do it. And look, Pepsi, maybe just start sending some. You know, you know. I mean, the Bud Light cooler was a thing. Just start sending some you know, some Pepsi coolers or whatever, because we're on our way to another Pepsi rookie of the week here, uh, Nick Chubb. And, look, John, we went through this in the beginning of these shows, and Carlos Hyde and Carlos – and Jeff, I'll oh, stop. I mean, so many people – Jeff, Jeff. Why are you always bitching about Carlos Hyde? Well, guys, <laughs> this is why I was bitching about Carlos Hyde. Nick Chubb has this ability, and that 92-yard run touchdown register yesterday. But, guys, here's even the thing. Take the 92-yard touchdown run out of his day, and he still put up about 110 yards. Starting to find his way as a pass receiver. The the young man is special. He's got quality. And if you haven't seen this the last three or four weeks, there were 15 to 20-yard runs that he was an inch away from taking to the house. Um, He's now got a, a touchdown run over 60, a touchdown run over 40, a touchdown run over 90. This guy is a special, special player. And even with, you know, the run-blocking that it's been, it's been spotty between the offensive tackles. John, this guy is
1: good. Yeah, um, I mean, this is this is a guy that obviously obviously when he was at Georgia blew out his knee and, and it took him a while to recover. But to even, but even say even-
0: blew out his knee almost isn't even fair. I mean, like, it yeah. almost, like, exploded.
1: Yeah, he, he, it was a devastating injury. I mean, you're talking about, like, Willis McGahee. That's but like what
0: first. you only watch once, and you never go back and watch that again.
1: Yeah, and it took, it obviously took a while for him to get back from that. Even even last year, his senior year at, at Georgia, like I, you saw like kind of flashes that it, he was starting to get back. And I, you know, I I just like ah, he's just stuck in mud because he wasn't it, the explosion wasn't there, and I just didn't think it was going to be there. But you saw towards the end of the year, it, it came back, and. That's where like at least I, I liked him coming out of college. I, I, I'm, never, I'm not going to ever back down from this that I thought it was too high to take a running back in the second round, but you know he's on a team now and he's doing really good. and the, the fact that he's on a team, you know I, I'll enjoy that. Um, he, he came into this game averaging uh, what is it five, five, 4.61 yards per, con, uh, per carry after contact. He now has 5.31 yards per carry after contact just i mean be able to, to average 4.6 yards per carry is a very good number but he's averaging that after contact before this game and it's now up to 5.3 and that's like jim brown type numbers per carry average and he's averaging that after contact so what he obviously what he's doing is is i don't i would not expect it to be sustainable that's it's not we've never seen it to be sustainable like that but he's obviously a very, very gifted, he has another gear that he kicked in on that run and he's kicked it in on a number of big long runs um, he you know we at pFF we always talk about how running backs don't matter or running doesn't matter well it they don't matter. You know they matter, but they don't matter as much as the quarterback or the receivers or your offensive line, but you still need a guy that can see the holes with the vision and hit him and hit him decisively and then be able to fall forward after contact and that's what Nick Chubb does, and that's what you want in your running back and he's he's doing it at an extremely high level it's something that you you the explosion you didn't see from carlos hyde you you there'd be a number of runs where he broke through to the second level, but you wouldn't you weren't ever expecting him to get it beyond that second level and take it to the third level so that's what Nick Chubb had, brings to that the team and he brings it with a better vision that, than what Carlos Hyde did
0: yeah and th- these are there's a couple that I'm going to harp on um, it, it, it's the long touchdown run and now Antonio Callaway at about the 45 saying take it in, don't go out I've got him, now Carlos Hyde he's still going to get caught there, he's still going to get dropped there, That that's that's my bone of contention granted, granted I don't think he was ever going to get the first 40 yards to begin with um there was another one where he was kind of in a pause position behind the right guard and the vision went left and he literally went hard left, you know through where the you know the guard tackle gap you know originally would have been and was able to add another you know I think it was an 11 or 12 yard run. And now you mix in the fact that he's starting to show you he can contribute as a pass receiver. You know, this is a special guy, and you pair that with Duke Johnson and, you know, these quicker, better athletes, you know, maybe this is where a pyramid fits in. This is what Baker needs. I mean, you know, he needs these guys, and it's look, it's snap, snap, snap. Here it is. Here's your opportunity. All right, you missed it. What you know, window is opening and that close for any play that there is, and there's these guys who are going to be able to play with Baker Mayfield in the way he plays, and there's guys who just aren't going to be able to. It's just a fact. That's just the way it's going to be. Um, guys, we're, breaking, uh, we're finishing up here. The offensive breakdowns on the PFF show with John Cosco. Um, we're going to uh, flip it on over here to the defensive side of the ball. John, Before there's a. Go we, ahead. Did, of course.
1: Did you, did you notice? Did you notice what his pass blocking grade was in the game? Eighty point seven.
0: And let's. Which, and he had and he had five reps which is about what Carlos Hyde was doing
1: yeah and so like that's what you want you want him to be able to hold up and pass blocking when you ask him to do that and he was able to do that and and same with Duke Johnson 77.3 both very good in pass blocking in this game that's what you want and then you want to utilize him like that like utilize this backfield like like New Orleans does with with Ingram and Kamara, in some in some type of fashion like that. Same with like how the Patriots do it with James White, and now they have Sony Michelle. And uh, obviously in years past, they would do it with with uh, LeGarrette Blount or whoever it may be with their big, powerful back, and then Deion Lewis. Spe- yep. Spell it with the, the the scat back or whatever. Just that's I mean, the w- yep. that's the way you, you utilize these guys, and you can you can use them to, effectively to help take the pressure off of. The quarterback, because it's like, all right, this is my check down option, or you know, I'm going to hand, you know, can hand it off to this guy, and I know I'm going to get, you know, a couple yards or four yards or whatever to get an efficient run out of him. That's that's how you want to utilize these guys, and I think I think finally, finally, we we have an offensive coordinator that's doing that.
0: Yeah, and that was even with the with the screen that shoved for the touchdown. I mean, he kind of just settled into a spot, like, all right, you know, he gave the look, like, where's my guy? Where's my guy? And it was three steps, turn. You know, get yourself open to the quarterback, and bang, another touchdown. Just fun to see. We are going to ship it over here to the defensive side of the ball. Now, John, if we were to sit down and, say, draft individual defensive players from this Browns defense, we probably get to maybe the fourth, fifth, maybe even sixth pick before somebody said, I'm taking Joe Schobert." But what you saw yesterday is that this defense, granted, there's a bunch of individual talent and these guys, look, they, they all play together. But Joe Schobert, man in the middle linebacker spot of this defense. I mean, I know there were some that said, oh, maybe John Dorsey is going to move on from Joe Schobert, you know, with the whole theory of not one of his guys, da-da-da-da. I don't think that's the case. Um, I think everybody who's been around Joe Schobert so far in his professional career as he's moved from the outside in, this guy's something. He's the goods. And, and the play on third down, the play on fourth down in the back of the end zone, this guy is special. And he's just one of those guys like you want around for 10 to 12 years, Because you can always find the pieces to work with him, but it seems like he's kind of like the engine that makes it all go.
1: Yeah, I think you definitely saw that uh, in his absence, how the defense kind of struggled, um, not kind of, it just flat out did, um, without him out there. And then he comes back, and and lo and behold, they hold one of the best offenses in the NFL to 16 points. Um, He's able to – I mean, it's just so much more than just his performance, which is obviously – been great like he graded out of 90.1 in, in the game he was a, he earned the the team of the week for us um his coverage grade this season is the best of any position in the nfl it doesn't matter if it was you know defensive back or, or linebacker or whatever 91.3 is his coverage grade it's the best in the nfl um for that middle linebacker position in a in a heavy cover you know tampa 2 scheme that's huge that is phenomenal and then you take about way this to performance his smarts his instincts his his knowledge of that defense and what the uh greg williams wants out of that position and getting everybody set i mean that's a, that's something that like everybody was dogging on jamie collins because of of his you know effort that the past couple of weeks um it, it's it that's not an easy, it, he was being asked to do joe Shebert's role and, and it's not an easy role to do and if you can just go out there and play, like, you know, just tell Jamie Collins to play, he can be a lot more effective. And you saw that in a game this past weekend. He was a lot better in this game. Joe, you know, Joe Schobert comes back and plays his role of quarterbacking the defense, and everything settled. And obviously having Demarius Randall back was is a positive too, but Schobert makes that, I mean, I, almost is probably the, the MVP of this defense right now because of how he's able to get everybody settled and everybody in the right spots and the right it, the defense into the right checks um you know outside of essentially the the Chargers game which they they kind of got boat raised on um and obviously the Oakland game they gave up a lot too but um you're going to also attribute that to uh, some poor tackling and and um some, uh, you know, losing, losing Terrence Mitchell. But schobert has been the guy that, that makes this engine go on this defense, and he's somebody that the Browns definitely should try to look to lock up long-term, you know, other than outside of, like, you know, they locked up uh, Kirksey long-term and Collins long-term and stuff like that in the past couple seasons. This, this is a much more important signing, I would say, than what those would be. Yeah, I mean.
0: and this is one of those ones where everybody likes to use the word culture. Well, Joe Schobert gives you a culture, and he's kind of, you know, you know, look, he's still young, but you want to say you need the data, the defensive unit? And I almost laugh because it's almost like he's flapping his arms pre-snap. But you almost see, and you see, like, he's turning to the left, he's turning to the right, and there's almost guys, like, kind of, like, seeking the approval, like, right, this is, and, and you get the, and, you know, and he's out there with, the arms are going, almost a like karate chopping, you here, yes, you there, and he's just firmly in control of what's going on. I do want to give a quick mention. Uh I you know I had brought up Tanner Vallejo last week. Uh he had seemed like he had been, you know was at very active. You know and was able to produce some numbers. This week though, the grade kind of went along with it. Tanner Vallejo and now he was a guy everybody said, oh, you a special team guy, special team guy, Preston Nedd Duty. And look, I mean, sometimes you get your chance and you run with it. Tanner Vallejo looked pretty solid yesterday.
1: Yeah, um you know, he his grade of a 77.1 was very solid, um, made a couple of really nice plays, uh, had a couple of pressures, um, and then had uh, two stops as well. So, yeah, I mean, this is a guy that um, was, I think it was 2015 in college that he graded completely, or maybe it was 2014, but whatever it was, graded off the charts good, and um but then didn't reach that status again so like um i think it's it's something that you know he had this talent and you can see that there there's something there with him uh and putting getting put into the right spot and right you know with the right coaching and stuff like that he could become something um you know yesterday's game was was a positive sign for that and uh, perhaps a sign for things to come but at least in least in one game he was he was really good so uh Good, good to find a backup like that that at least played well against a, one of the best offenses in the NFL.
0: Yes, guys, this uh, like I said, this has been the PFF uh, edition of your Locked On Browns with John Costco here from Pro Football Focus. Locked On Cavaliers, Chris Manning, guys. Uh, we got together did a crossroads, uh, you know, a crossover episode. Uh, Chris, obviously, a tough time covering the Cavaliers right now where they're at, and I kind of uh, you know taking it as you know kind of where I was a year ago. Doing these locked on Browns episodes, you know, no direction, you know, where is everything headed? Chris Manning locked on Cavaliers guys, he's working his butt off trying to get you through all this. So go ahead, subscribe. At least give the guy some time and listen to it because he's putting together a, a really solid effort doing all that. Uh, two more things here, and and this one I got to get to, and T.J. Carrie, I you know, I don't know if I want to say it was the game of his life, but you watched it on film. I mean, and you watched the game yesterday, giving Julio Jones all he could handle. Um, you know, me, I start by, look, you know, I have boxes all over on my game sheet. You, know, you A name goes down. T.J. Carey got one early. Then the next thing I you know, I look down, and later, by the end of the game, T.J. Carey ended up with five stars. I even gave him a star on the BS pass interference that they called against him, John, because I think that was a Julio Jones was pissed. And the referees were like, all right, well, Julio Jones is pissed. He gets a flag because he's Julio Jones. But now when I got to be able to see the grade today, T.J. Carey, I mean, guy played his ass off yesterday,
1: yeah, he really did, and um, he was targeted ten times only gave it five catches for forty three yards um, and had a pass breakup uh, that you know that questionable uh pass interference call um, definitely definitely not something that uh, I think should have been called, but um but even he was, still though that
0: that even still though that would hurt his grade a little bit correct.
1: Uh, I'm trying to actually see if we, we downgraded that. I don't think we da- actually downgraded him for that. And that's okay. positive. we thought. I think it was, um, all right. Uh, so look at me, more the... like P- PFF. All right.
0: Good for yeah, you. Yeah. So like, <laughs> like,
1: um, yeah, like, cause, cause we'll, we'll make that determination. Right. So like we don't just blindly follow what the refs do. If the refs make a bad call that we determine that's a bad call, we're going to, um, we're going to grade it like it's you know a normal play or whatever so he he would get a um I, I, I mean i believe that we gave him positive i just have to double check that we did that but um he he was fantastic in the game um even even with that play if you whatever you want to call it which way or whatever but it was <laughs> he shut down julio jones for the most part as much as you can um and didn't you know this wasn't a liability which is phenomenal this is a guy that graded really well last year it was only year that he had graded well in our system um had shown some flashes and and spots in the you know his first three years but um i think i think what he showed yesterday is why he he brought him in is that he has that potential and i think uh hopefully that's something that he can continue on because he hadn't been playing all that well uh this year He, he one of the strong aspects of his play this year has been his tackling. Uh but he hadn't shown all that well in coverage and finally finally against, you know, against one of the the best receivers in the NFL, probably the best, it it came came through. So hopefully it's a bigger sign for things to come and it's a just a confidence booster for him.
0: And that's one thing with Carry cuz Carry's kind of got like he's got a little bit of an awkward body. Um you know, kind of skinny, kind of tall, but he does have the long arms. And if things go right for him, he's able to do some damage, you know, with his length. And I think that was things he was able to do today, uh, do yesterday. Um, you know, Steve Sarkeesian, uh, he he may be the worst play caller inside the five yard line I have ever seen in my freaking life. Uh, I go back to last year's playoff game where Atlanta lost to the Eagles. I go back to Week One where Atlanta lost to the Eagles. I mean, it's like. It, <laughs> I mean, granted, it's great to watch. Yesterday, like, oh, my God, look how great the Browns are doing. And But it's like, Steve Sarkey, what are you doing? Run the ball twice, shove it in the freaking end zone, and let's go. Because, like, that I'll, part I'll of def- football still comes into you, you know?
1: Yeah, I'll defend him. So, like, obviously you had the sample size from, or, you know, the, the what he did last year in the playoffs wasn't good. And then you saw him week one against the Eagles wasn't good. Then you kind of put him out of your mind um, because he – the Falcons weren't on any type of national spotlight, but they've, you know, since then they've gone, you know, they were four and three or whatever, but he's in our, you know, we have our analytics guys that have done some really good, really solid work with like quantifying coaching and their play calls. And he had actually had been, has been outside of that first week, one of the best play callers in, in the red zone. So, uh, it, Came back that maybe you know that whatever whatever it was it just wasn't good for them. They had a couple of plays that, and obviously like the 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 one to Hooper that was almost you know, almost was in. It was right near the goal line. Um, you know, there's a couple of plays in there that was were good, but you also you know credit the Browns. They made some plays, so um, well, that makes the point all the more better. Exactly. I mean, the, the, you just look at the, the stop that Joe Schobert had on the goal line stand there. Uh, you had a PD by. The, the pass breakup by uh, to Carey to the Julio Chiberell Peppers it, with a big stick at the one. Yeah, I mean, you just had a number of really good plays by the Browns to be able to stop them, and then the one time they did score, it, Ryan was under severe pressure and just threw it up for grabs, and it's just there was a miscommunication with the coverage that allowed Hooper to get into the end zone. So
0: that was like a three-yard hail mary. Is what that essentially <laughs> was.
1: Yeah, it, it really was, and so like I mean, I, I'll defend him because it's you know he had been play, uh, calling really good plays um, up until, you know, but outside of that first week. And I think you just have to more credit with what the Browns do in the red zone on a goal line stand to stop them because they, they just simply made plays. Uh, no, absolutely. But
0: again, TJ Carey and look, hopefully we get to see Terrence Mitchell, um, you know, there's, there's maybe another guy to be added. maybe you go another top echelon guy, uh, you know, Bodie Calhoun, uh, you know, Marius Randall. the secondary, when you can get at least most of the meat of this secondary playing together, you know I think they, they the old line of you know you sum them all together. It's better than they maybe are individually outside of Denzel Ward. but these guys seem to play well together. And now John, something we have been harping on here, and it took to week 10 to finally get there. 75 defensive snaps for the Cleveland Browns yesterday. Miles Garrett, 50 of 75. Larry Ogajobi, 44 of 75. Manuel Ogba, 53 of 75. And now this is where my heart... Oh, my God. Thank you, Greg Williams. Chris Smith, 22 reps. Anthony Zettel, 25 reps. Price, 30 reps. This is what we're looking for. I mean, and look, whether it was game dictation... Or you were going to dial it a little bit back because there wasn't going to be another game for 14 days, and it worked. You won. You won going away against a quality opponent. But hallelujah, John! Hallelujah!
1: Absolutely. I mean, uh, keeping them fresh is because that's a key. the whole key
0: to D line. Exactly. I mean, like you know, like I tell like I tell my kids, always be charging when they're not on their phones. Make sure it's plugged in, because if it gets to under 20%, it's freaking useless.
1: <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a good analogy there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you saw Ogunjobi had, had some key plays. He had a hit on, on Ryan, had a sack. Miles um, Garrett was held without a pressure for the first time in his career. He and people want to couple...
0: complain about that today. No, nobody wants to focus on they won 28-16 over the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, well, wow, also- Miles Garrett's only got nine sacks through ten games.
1: He's also getting double teamed every other play, essentially too. So there, there is that. Um, but um, I mean, I think when you, when you do that, it opens up everybody else, and then they
0: Chris Smith with a the sack. Stressed. This is they're what you're stressed.
1: looking for. It's exactly what you want because you obviously it, what the the results in terms of like having a monster grave for Garrett wasn't wasn't there yesterday. But long term, that is how you want to be able to utilize your defensive line. You want to have a rotation in there. Um, you want to be able to sub them. And I, maybe it was because of the, how the game played out, where they were, you know, being up 18 points in the in the second half. You you don't have you're not like forced to to put them out there. Like, all right, we need to get a stop. We need to get a stop. You can, all right, we're going to pull you off. And we're going to we're going to give you a, a breather. So maybe there, there's some of that. And part of maybe reason why Garrett. Uh, playing so many snaps in, in every single game, and then getting pressures, maybe the, part of that is because he's also wearing down the offensive lineman. He's kind of just figuring out what what works against that guy. So you're not, you know, compa- you know, he had 50 snaps compared to a normal 75, 80 that he would usually get. Um, he didn't get all the reps that he could get against the offensive lineman to figure him out and 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 counter moves and stuff like that. So like, there is there is that kind of give and take with that, but still, I I would rather see. A fresh Miles Garrett and Larry Ogunjobi and Emmanuel Agba than guys that are just absolutely gassed at the end of the game, not getting after quarterback and having a quarterback have all day long to pass. You saw in this game where at the end in the crunch time they they were able to get a sack on Ryan. They they got pressure after him. So complementary defense is playing good in the back end and then allowing playing strong enough on the back end to allow the pressure to get there in 2.5 seconds and that's what they did. And it was great. Yeah, and look, I hope
0: this goes further. Look, I mean, you know, Miles Garrett playing 50 to 75? No, I mean, 60 to, you know, I mean, 10 to 15 plays, Play. I mean, you also have to keep in mind, guys, there were a lot of these overtime games, and obviously, once you get to overtime, you're not saying, oh, well, I'm looking to get Miles a blow here because everything's on the line, but maybe if you can manufacture and make it better through the first 60 minutes, you know, those are things you got to, I mean, these are, these are, you're going to be your franchise stalwarts. So you do not want to gas these guys out by the time they are 26, 27 years old. A rotation more like this. And it helps with what Chris Smith did. It helps with what Anthony Zettel did. It helps that Price, it seems to be a guy that they, you know, week in, week out, they seem to be giving a few more reps to have faith in. This is what you want, you need. I mean, and you look at, you know, the run Jacksonville did last year, where a lot of it was built around a front of eight to nine guys that they would just sub in, sub out two at a time, and just keep it going. And, and this is what you want to do for that unit because you got some players there. So just don't, basically don't, you know, run, the, you know, don't buy a brand new car and put a hundred thousand miles on it in eighteen months, and then be upset that the car isn't what it used to be and that's what you're worried about with guys like Miles Garrett and with Larry Ogunjobi and the pace they were playing. You just don't want to burn these guys out too fast.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh when when you I mean, look at this look at the best pass rushers in the NFL. They're playing about 80% clip. Uh obviously Miles was under that a little bit in this past game, but I mean you you cannot run these guys into the ground because that's where injuries come and you have you, miles has a history of, of ankle injuries and stuff like that. So when you get exhausted, you're going to get injured. And like you said, and it's just the way, the way this worked out, obviously being up 18 points and in, in the fourth quarter helps to allow the, the guys to rest more. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just the way, the way it worked out was just phenomenal. And, and I think um, you know, it's just what you want to see more often. And hopefully that bears itself out. And obviously you know, I think the defensive line can be improved. Still, obviously, you know, these guys that are in their rotation, um, they're not they're not guys that you want to be there out, out there full time. Obviously, Brian Brian Price's grade wasn't all that great, but the fact that you could maybe have him out there and just be a serviceable piece that's not going to blow uh, assignments and stuff that's that's what you want essentially at this point. Um, but allow you know now you know now that Baker Mayfield's there and you have a quarterback in position, you can draft you know you don't have to draft your need you can you can draft the team and develop that depth and and just build the team instead of completely always rebuilding so it's just it's going moving forward this is just going to be a great situation for the for the browns
0: absolutely i mean and this was all mentioned without genard you know even mentioning jordan avery's name who
1: had a rough, you know a little bit of a rough day yesterday as a linebacker overall but, you know, Mainly he's po- of coverage, and I, 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 I should I, not be it, print in coverage. He needs to be deployed as a pass rusher. And I, I, he's yeah, I, I think if we noticed one thing anything yesterday with the play of Vallejo,
0: um, maybe it's more of a maybe the the key first and ten linebacking crew should be Vallejo, Joe, Collins. At least try it. And, and this is what you're doing here. See where these guys slot best. You know, we went through this last year with Drew will Peppers. It was, you know, 12, 13 weeks, and it was like, just stop putting him back deep. It's not doing him any good. Oh, and now you see Jabril Peppers closer to the line of scrimmage, a lot more of a bigger impact. And with some safeties like him, he can cover if it's 10 to 15 yards. If they got the ball at the 7 and they're headed towards your own end zone, yes, he's better when he knows where the initial back is. Oh, right, they can only get to there. You know, as opposed to, well, these guys can throw the ball 65, 70 yards. I have no idea how, you know, where the behind me is. And and this is what happens with a guy that you see goes from college cornerback to college safety to college linebacker. Uh, you just kind of know better what you're drafting and employ them to their strengths. And that's what we're seeing. And Jannard Avery, uh, yeah, it wouldn't stun me if he's your uh, almost every down, nickel and dime, you know, uh, you know, uh, bookend to Miles Garrett. That it wouldn't surprise me at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that is what you want him to be. Um, obviously, injuries have shuffled things up. I think, obviously, the first couple of weeks you saw him rarely dropping into coverage, um, and he wasn't. That was not his strong spot in college. He was very good as an edge rusher, and he was not good as as dropping in coverage. So, I think I think they're gonna, you know, once they have more solidified depth and quality players, that deploying him as your your edge rusher, pass rush specialist is going to play, you know, going to be very key for them. And uh, he's, he still grades out well as a pass rusher. It wasn't, it wasn't great yesterday, but um, he's a guy that I I think you can, you can rely on to be like that Carl Lawson type player. That's just going to be out there and be a force as a pass rusher.
0: Well, that's also part of the thing that we get back to with Jabril Collins is keep these guys in their comfortable positions. If they get to do, 75% 75% of the snaps that they take and stuff that they're comfortable with, then you slowly maybe say, hey, we're going to ask you a couple of snaps to do something that you're not so comfortable with. But if they make a couple of plays, they're more willing to you know, give it their best and try that much harder. That's just the way it works. And you saw this with Jabril Peppers with times where he succeeded in cover two. Big hits on the sidelines. Big hits in the end zones. This is what you got to just continue to do here. And this is the focal point over the ne- next six weeks. Guys, if any of this seemed like it was a damper mood, it's not. There's always some bad grades here when you get down to that at the end of the day and you break through the film and you actually grade it. But yesterday was just a kick-ass take. Any way you want to slice it, Cleveland Browns-wise. These guys got the entire week off. They won yesterday. They won going away. The Atlanta Falcons, you know, now you hear things like, oh, well, maybe we underestimated them. Well, you want to know what, guys? I'm sure you saw a film where they played the Saints. I'm sure you saw a film where they played the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No. It, maybe you thought this game was too easy, and maybe you underestimated them. But no. Throw the record away. This team is solid, and you, that's what they saw yesterday. And you took an L. And look, at the end of the day now, you guys are 4-5. and five. So don't, oh, you know, well, the Browns, we took them. Leg- uh, Browns have three wins. You have four. I don't want to hear it. Maybe you just didn't get it done. This has been your PFF uh, episode of Locked on Browns. John Costco, go ahead, follow him at John Costco. Not like the store. K O S K O. Number three, go ahead, follow the show at Locked On Browns. We keep them uh, all Twitter-wise. We keep the Locked On Browns Twitter account a follow-back account. Follow me personally at Jeff underscore L J underscore Lloyd. Guys, I appreciate everything. iTunes rating reviews, fantastic. We're gonna do a lot of fun stuff here, guys. Over the next days, before by like next Wednesday, we start getting uh, shifted into the next game against the Cleveland Browns. And guys, I'm sorry, the Cincinnati Bengals, go ahead, hire Hugh Jackson. He's got no idea what's going on here right now. And look, I mean, if it's a Marvin Lewis, Marvin Lewis is going to take over the defense, bring Hugh back into the building. I mean, if you've ever heard of a last stand of mediocrity, I've never heard of one bigger in my life. Go ahead, get the band back together. The band was never that freaking good anyway. So we'll see you in uh, probably about 12 days, Cincinnati. Because we're looking forward to that one. Uh, For John, for me, guys, I appreciate everything. Uh, Until we talk to next time, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.